to build for the future and incrementally grow as a company rather than go out there hype marketing. I'm, I'm here for the long term and I want to say there's like a, a leader for my, you know, or a voice for my company that you know, my heart is really, really in this to do something good for, for the next five and 10 years as all this money starts coming into crypto and we can change a lot of lives. You're listening to the Rich State of Mind Show, the podcast made to make you the total package in the entrepreneurial world and give you what we call a rich state of mind. If you are here looking to learn about real estate investing, marketing, elevating your business, and developing your mindset to get to the next level, then you are at the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join our community on richstateofmind.com. Now, here's your host, Anthony Ritchie. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Rich State of Mind. We're talking to Mark Bassa. Mark is the global brand and business manager for Hulk Finance, an early crypto evangelist. Mark's decade of experience and expertise established him as a thought leader in creating and building crypto brands. So welcome to the show. I hope you enjoy it. I think you'll like this episode. This is going to be a different talk on how you can get involved in crypto. And I appreciate Mark's uh, perspective on it and what he does with Hawk Finance. Thank you and please enjoy. Hey, Mark, thanks for taking this time this afternoon for you. Uh, and morning for me. Yeah, thanks uh, so much, Anthony. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is awesome, man. So we're going to be talking about Hawk Finance, uh, you know, some crypto cryptocurrency, uh, so it's not often talked about on this podcast, but it's definitely considered a part of finance uh, because cryptocurrency is starting to be the uh, kind of the staple in what we use in currency. But, you know, it's pretty, pretty common. I would say it's pretty mainstream now as far yeah. as not knowledge based ways. Maybe not everybody's in it. I think there's still like maybe 90 percent of the world still doesn't use it. So there's yeah. still a, a lot of people that don't. But I think a lot of people at least have heard of either Bitcoin, Dogecoin or Ethereum. Something like that for them to have an idea on top of what, you know, the metaverse and everything like that. So uh, if you could just please tell us a little bit about your background and uh, what you do. For sure. Thank you so much. So so my background, so um, my, my crypto background is really interesting. Um, Ten years ago, um, some buddies and I developed a payment gateway where you could use Bitcoin, loyalty points and fiat currency in a single transaction. And Bitcoin back then, mind you, was like a dollar. And I was in this room pitching to investors saying, hey, this thing's going to be huge, you know. And um, well, I, I was right. And at that time, they were all shutting me down. And I guess we're in the next phase of Bitcoin we're, and, and ETH and everything else, which is like the next 10 years is going to be really interesting. But that's how I started. Um I started investing in tokens around 2016, 2017, and then I started getting into my career in the last, say, two years in crypto. Um, my, my predominant background is in branding, so I've done a lot of strategic advising for all sorts of companies, mostly, mostly in the startup phase, you know, helping them raise lots of money uh, for you know, scaling uh, supermarkets in the Middle East to pharmaceuticals uh, in the States, you know, government contractors, everything like that. So I've, I've kind of done it all, but the one thing I... I got really good at was brands, being able to sell a brand to investors or partners to get them to believe in the vision. So my kind of my background with with Hulk Finance is interesting. I, I started as an investor, like, you know, I invested in Shiba Inu and Dogecoin and everything else. And I did really well. And then I looked at all these these tokens and I wrote to a few of them and I said, hey, I think I can help you become a real company because you're a, you're a meme project. No one's going to take you seriously. You don't have 
leadership or a product suite or you know there's you know you're not an entity so to scale what you're doing it, it can't be done on a volunteer meme project basis you, you've yeah. got to you know you, you've got to build something real people can believe in because meme season's going to be over and your token and everything you do is affected by the market so if you build something like products that people can use you'll you'll survive this race and you can probably win it as well so i started working about eight months ago and the vision was to build basically the the world's first utility meme token whereby we're going to build a company now that uses say the principles of what a DeFi decentralized finance protocol would do but it's powered by meme branding so meme tokens are really famous and they go viral because they're based on memes the community is hyped on social media the community invests and, and wants to pump these coins and you don't get that kind of like cult following in any other projects so now if you had that behind a real DeFi ecosystem the the two combined can really do really well so after eight months of you know intense work we've now got organizational structure we've just opened a, a business or an entity in dubai we have licensing now to operate as a financial company a crypto financial company in the in the uae which is really exciting and um the future for hawk is basically we we want to build this this uh <clears throat> DeFi ecosystem where you can buy our utility token and you can use it to use our our, our crypto products you know if you want to send or spend your crypto the way you want or you can do that through our, our suite of products so that's where we're at right now and i saw that you can have it transfer from your ethereum i think ethereum bitcoin is what i saw you can have it you so, can swap yeah basically so we are we are a, a token on three different chains so on on ethereum binance and, and heco chain okay and we're going to add more chains to that and if you don't know what a chain is well basically a blockchain it just basically means that you can take an asset a digital asset and you can move it over across multiple chains and you can you can swap it and spend it the way that you want to for example a lot of people out there see binance and there's you know billions and billions of dollars in binance and they want to bring that money over to ethereum well very soon to be launched product we have this thing called a public permissionless bridge so you're going to take these assets and move them over to any other chains that you want for like a dollar so you could move millions and millions of dollars from different chains <laughs> for, for, for pretty much nothing no yeah. bank can do that and that's kind of our our, our agenda here we want to challenge traditional finance and banking and help young people especially the next generation of young people that are going to get into crypto in the next five and ten years we want to be there for them uh speaking of uh, young people and one of your topics you discussed about um why people can't relate to court young people can't relate to corporate banks yep. why is that i mean the times change these corporate banks have been established on the industrial age of money right factories nine to five all that kind of garbage that most of us who have realized that that's not how we want to live anymore can see through all that stuff the internet comes along and you can work whenever the hell you want to i mean i raise a family you know from home i work you know from my mobile phone from my laptop i i, I travel where i want to and work where i want to that's crypto and that's what crypto represents but my bank is not open on the weekends unless my credit card gets stolen then i can call some hotline otherwise Hawk is here. If you want to use one of our products, you can reach out to one of our moderators and you can speak to them 24 hours a day. We're in every time zone imaginable. So I think that the big banks have kind of sat back and they're like, no one's going to get into crypto. We're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to squash crypto and Bitcoin down like we did, like Jamie Dimon from JP Morgan did for so many years. And now he's offering it to his wealthy clients because it's getting so big. 
So that industrial age is over. The new age of Web3 and communities and, and currencies is where we think that it's going to be for young people. I, I can't see them driving past any corporate bank and thinking that's where I want to put my money. You know, they want to put their money in exciting things that they can feel and have emotions and, you know, relationships with not, not centralized banks. I am, I am noticing a shift. So I remember years ago, you know, way before our time, it was a lot of people who didn't believe it, but they want to keep their money in the mattress. Like, nah, the banks know kind of like with the whole, I don't want to see the doctor thing either. <laughs> and then eventually people, you know, started putting their money in the bank because everything started to be electronic, right? There was yep. a lot of times uh, there was no more picking up your paycheck from a, with a check and then cash in at your nearest seven uh, eleven or whatever. So uh, then we were into that. Now I'm seeing a shift where people don't even want to have their money in a bank because of the, you know, the interest rates, the, you know, some of the credit units, they reuse your money for other, for other purposes. Yeah. And like, I could use my money for better things. I, I know what I can invest in. And so now people are looking for quicker rates of return. And I think they've, they've seen that when it comes to these, uh, having their, having their money in these wallets, having their money in stocks period. I think in the last two years, especially with the pandemic, man, I've, I've noticed a shift in people starting to be more educated on finances period and what they can do with it, how they can apply it. Yep. Uh, I was just talking to my friend about that. And now he's like, yeah, I have none of my money in the bank because uh, <laughs> he, he just got out the Navy. So he has no income that's straight from, you know, some entity yep. going straight into his bank. Everything is switching around in his wallets, actually. Yep. Yep. Uh, and that's how he that's how he um, functions. That reminds me, because uh, just at work, we were talking about how people get hacked, their wallets get hacked. How do y'all ensure people uh, that doesn't happen to people? Well, basically, so we when we launch a product, it goes through um, security auditing. So there's an auditing firm that we use, um, Ether Authority, and they've done like they've audited 300 um, applications, dApps, decentralized apps. They go through intense auditing. We've got a massive team of devs that are always working on security. What we try to tell people is like, don't get scammed on your own terms. You know, your, your money is safe if you know how to control it and use it. So use a, uh, use a ledger, use a, you know, um, use proper security protocols that you would do for your bank and That's your it. credit card. Um, don't leave your, your private keys on, on a document on your desktop. Um, don't click on links. People get scammed all the time all sorts of projects when somebody replicates their social media accounts, right? So someone could replicate Hulk finance and they do, and then they create fake profiles and then they write to people that own Hulk or any other project out there. And they say, Hey, uh, we're doing an update. Just connect your wallet. Come on. <laughs> it happens. It happens all the time. And, and I wish people knew that this was kind of like the, the early days of the internet when you got these, you know, uh, scam emails. Yes. Like, just give us your bank. We'll send you a million dollars if you send us ten grand. Like, come on. A little bit of common sense. I love. I love all the community out there, but there are people that are very new to this that are probably looking for a lottery ticket out of the nine to five and think that these people are going to help me. We don't contact anybody. We don't DM anybody. And but that's what's happening in in all of crypto because there are a lot of gullible people out there. A lot of good-hearted hardworking people that click on the wrong things. So that's how you protect yourself. Number one. I noticed that you guys also have NFTs. Mm -hmm. So my understanding NFT, if this is yours, you, I buy it from you guys. And then let's say I resell it. Me and you, we're making royalties yep. as long as that 
NFT keeps being sold. So that's kind of cool that you found a different way to kind of make some passive income. Well, what's really, what's really, really cool about our NFTs, and and I think we're the, we're probably some of the only in the world that do this. But so NFTs go through a process, right? So when you first uh, mint an NFT, so when I buy the NFT first from Hawk, it goes through this process called minting, yep. which is basically tokenizing the asset, right? With our NFTs, the moment you mint them, there's like a um, a liquidity pool tied to them through some through some contracts. And those NFTs start earning ROI. So we lend out some money to these massive DeFi protocols that have an attractive interest rate and your NFTs start generating money. Most NFTs have a floor price and that increases based on the demand, right? So Bored Ape Yacht Club, hugely popular, massively famous, very big brand behind it. With our NFTs, maybe the brand isn't so big behind it, but the utility, the functionality is, is massive. And because we've designed them on modular contracts, these are going to be upgraded over time. So maybe one day, if the SEC says, "Hey, NFTs can be now can can now be used as stock or bonds or or something else," we can upgrade our contracts and make them replicate an off-chain asset. I mean, I, I believe it's coming. Cryptocurrency is definitely the future. Maybe in our lifetime, the US dollar yep. will not exist. You know, maybe. That's a scary. That's a really scary thought because a lot of people. Uh, are advocating for the crash of the dollar to increase their crypto holdings. But I'm like, do you know what kind of transition will play? It's a, it's not going to be a smooth play that everyone happens. There is going to be warfare, famine, civil war. There'll be all sorts of things if that dollar crashes down. A lot of bad stuff will happen. Yes. I hope it happens over time. That's what I say, like 50, 60 years from now. I mean, know. it's crazy. It's, it's also the acceleration of Bitcoin and technology. And because we are at that kind of that cusp of the, of you could say like the, the exponential rate of technological growth, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, now every year, it's like a million times more than it was last year. <laughs> we're, in, we're in the 60s. What's the thing that you could like, you could now use the technology on your iPhone to, to land uh, a rocket on the moon from the 60s. Like that's how advanced an iPhone is compared to the tech they had wow. back then. Something like that. Someone smart said something. Don't listen to me. But basically, <laughs> the point is, is that that's how advanced this is becoming. So now that uh, this takes off quicker, you're sitting here and you're thinking, okay, we've got 50 and 60 years. What if we have 10? I don't know. But I'm telling you that it's, uh, you've got to kind of keep the backup of what are you going to do when the market crashes in my lifetime or my children's lifetime? What do you have ready? You know, a yeah. bunker? You know, do we go all Terminator 2 and... <laughs> prepare for that i don't know <laughs> well, hopefully i have the resources to protect my family if that ever comes to yeah that's it number fruition. one uh when it comes to the farming uh i noticed you have single farming and then uh regular farming can you explain what farming is and then how it can benefit uh your clients customers sure sure so with with our with our you we have this utility token called treats and treats basically in the future is going to be our governance token. And the way kind of farming and uh, works is that you're basically, um, you're getting these tokens, you're securing the network or securing the chain. And in, in return for that, we're gonna give you something back. So for example, we have this other product called um, Hawk Premium. You have your ether and you have your USDC. So US dollar coin, that's on the Ethereum chain. Mm -hmm. And US dollar coin is, is a stable coin, right? So it's a really, by the way, for anyone thinking that cryptocurrency is volatile, you can buy US, USDC, US dollar coin. So when you make lots of money in crypto, you can convert it. 
What, what we see is, is that a lot of people who want to get into crypto are really scared of the volatility or have ETH and other stuff on different wallets. So we enable you almost like a, you, you can call it like a farming or like a, a staking mechanism. You take, this, you take this ETH from your wallet, you put it into Hog Premium, and you'll earn USDC back. So it's like now with DeFi, I can lend out my money on these you know, juggernaut protocols that have billions and billions of dollars in assets and under their management and earn a stable or like a, an attractive APY. I can't do that with a centralized bank. You know, I can't lend my money out. I need a banking license. The bank can lend my money out. You mentioned that earlier. The bank can lend your money out for whatever it wants and gives you nothing in return, maybe a, a smidgen of a percent. Yeah. So, so that's, that, that's kind of our principle with, with whether it's farming, utility, governance tokens, everything has to be about a community-driven approach to getting people's crypto to work for them when they're asleep. And, and you know, those are the best investments. No, I, I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, it, it was funny how we talked about kind of the future of crypto and how everybody wants to find a way they could fit into that future. Uh, and just hopefully, yes, we don't go Terminator 2 when the, cra- <laughs> uh, when the dollar eventually goes away. Yeah. Um, but I do appreciate your professional approach to this, right? Instead of, uh, I guess, banking off of the having that meme coin and then having that, you know, cult following and then everybody then it kind of dies down. This is stability, yeah. right? Which is what I think people want. Well, new people at least want, right? Yeah. Everybody is not in for the whole, you know, 100, you know, 300%, you know, like, you know, within, you know, weeks, yeah. Uh, you know, some people that's just too much for their heart. You know, yeah. I can't take that. Look, I'm looking at even I even myself, I'm looking at my Robinhood account like, oh, it's going up. Oh, it's going. <laughs> yeah. Trying to within seconds or minutes, if you don't get out, you're like you've lost thousands of dollars or you've gained. exactly. So, exactly. And I think that you're right. That that professional approach to this is that, you know, there's the meme token um, audience. Then there's the DeFi audience. Right. And then you kind of have the people in the middle that use both and are aware of both. But then there's all this money that's going to come to the market. And if you're brand new to crypto, you either want to go after a meme token or you might go after DeFi, so more professional things. We want to combine those two and make a stable project that is committed to building utility products, but it's got meme branding. So we're not going to be reliant on um, celebrity endorsement to make a successful company. We want to generate revenue from our products to make a successful company and put that back into marketing. So a lot of people are like, oh, you're not marketing. You're not marketing. Why are you marketing? We are building. Uh, we're building incredible products that, that really no other meme token in the space is doing. And there are many DeFi projects out there that have raised tens of millions of dollars on a hypothesis who are still far from building some you know serious utility. So this new entity in Dubai that we've just been um, given, we've got the license for, this is when the next stage happens. This is where we go out to seek both traditional and crypto funds to inject capital into a new entity to actually scale this across the world. So it's a very exciting stage for us. How are y'all able to build capital? What I'm understanding the utility as far as for maybe a customer, but you guys, you know, how yeah. are y'all able to build capital sure. in the way I use this coin? Sure, sure. So it's more, so for example, there are there are fees on the trade volume. So when someone buys or someone sells, there's like a mm-hmm. couple of percent that goes to us into the treasury. Moving forward, and the, that's, that's the biggest problem that I have with these tokens is like that was the way that they generated revenue. And 
then there wasn't really much else to do with it. The way forward is to build. So for example, we, we were looking at something like HockPay, which is like settling business transactions instantly across any chain you want. So you're a supplier and we're, we're talking to a really big company at the moment about this. You're a supplier and you want to send, you know, 10 million bucks. You instantly send USDC, boom. There's no intermediary. There's no third party ha handling that. It goes over the chain. So we take a clipping of that, just like PayPal would take a clipping. I was just our, about to say, yeah. Yeah, but our clipping is not PayPal's clipping, right? Or we're not going to hold your money like PayPal does for days and then you know unlock it. We want it to be instant. So all the products are based on the mechanism of taking a small fee to use the products themselves. Uh, I think I think that's beautiful. Um, I myself aspire to have not obviously not this type of um, situation, but uh, I always want to have like a subscription base yep. um, type service. And uh, I, I was reading and then I've, always, I've seen a few times as well where they say if you at least have a thousand customers giving you $10 a month, uh, then, you know, then there's your $10,000 a month. Now, clearly, I, I'm pretty sure y'all need more money than that or use more money than that. I think, you know, the reason why I like this episode, I want people to listen is because there are different ways to apply how to make money in different ways, how to have passive income, how to build capital. You just have to find a, a idea, a concept, and then expand on it. And that's what you guys are doing, right? You've Correct. noticed what some of the meme coins are doing. You've noticed the market, how many people are still not using it. There are different ways or better ways to do something. And then maybe this will, I feel like this would make people more comfortable to say, okay, cool. Because yeah, I don't like waiting two to three business days from PayPal yeah, or, uh, exactly. or just having that, you know, intermediate place of where my money is at. Why can't it just go, it just transfers straight into it. And, and that's what yep. uh, you guys do. I mean, and clearly when it comes to blockchain, things are a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why uh, another reason why people appreciate that. I think um, so as well. One thing I did not talk about when it, or asked when it came to future crypto, I know people kind of getting their feelings hurt about like being taxed and everything like that. How does yeah. that how does that apply to this type of concept, the way you guys are doing things? It's a good question. So if you're an individual and you want to buy crypto, it, it really depends on the country you live in. And it depends on how your country sees uh, crypto as an asset or whatever. So, you know, for example, in Denmark, your crypto, um, uh, you could have a, you know, tons of money in crypto, but until you realize it into Danish crowns or US dollars or something, then they'll tax you on that. In Japan, for example, I, I have a colleague in Japan. He's explained to me that if I bought a token for a dollar and it shot up, and it was worth a million dollars and there was no liquidity and the token crashed, the Japanese government will tax me on the million dollars that I don't have. So people don't want to get into crypto in Japan, even though there's lots of money and people want to do it. So he's got this concept where he's basically going to take some IP for some video games and move it over to Europe and enable these Japanese companies to get into blockchain a lot faster. Um, and he's doing something incredible there. So in that sense, look at where you are in the world and how you want to realize things. Of course, <laughs> what I see happening in the future, though, is governments right now are the host, but they're going to become the parasite. And specifically what I mean by that, well, maybe they're a little parasitic, it depends where you live. But what I mean by that specifically is kind of like you are going to have your, your assets all over these wallets spread across different ledgers and, and everything on, on these cold wallets, on these hot wallets, right? Online and offline. They're eventually going to want to know how much you have. Governments, you know, and, and banks, you know, which influence every world government, 
they hate stable coins. I've just spoken to somebody about a home loan and he has tons and tons of money in USDC and the bank won't recognize that. This is a, you know, a Western country. The bank won't recognize that for his home loan. The guy could buy it outright if he wanted to. So the banks want your money in their bank. That's the whole thing here. So if you've got it off their bank, and I've said this on other podcasts as well, you take your money from a centralized bank, that's one less dollar that they have in centralized banking. And this is going to lead to the pressure on the governments to come after your crypto assets. So forget the tax side of things. Think about it more aggressively, like the way that they're going to be able to track and manipulate the internet and how you interact with your wallet and maybe an uh, NFT marketplace like OpenSea. Like they're not going to stop at this. So as this gets bigger, they're going to become more aggressive. So I would say that the best way to protect yourself is kind of, I mean, right now you can keep money on a little device offline, so to speak. And, and that's kind of where I would start doing things, keeping those private keys safe and passwords and all that stuff. But I, I don't know what's going to happen in the next few years. I just think it's going to become more aggressive. Yeah. Uh, again, you got me thinking civil war, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because um, they don't own crypto or uh, the Danish, uh, you call it the Danish crown. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, these governments, they own that money and this is where they're losing power. It's yeah. not where individuals will be their own bank. You know, this is like, there's like two kinds of people. You have a bank or you're, you're bankless, right? And there's this whole thing about getting the bankless to use crypto. So bankless are typically, you know, third world countries. They don't have access to the internet, all these sorts of things, right? And then there's us in the West who want to be bankless. So it's kind of like the more prosperity that you have, the more in touch that you are with how your money is controlled, you don't want a bank. But then there's the bankless you know, the billions of people out there who, who, who can't get banks or can't even, you know, register or open an account. They're the ones who could probably get into crypto, crypto the easiest. But like you said, it's the US dollar is not yours. It's, and I mean, the Federal Reserve isn't even federal, right? So at that stage, whose money is this? It can be lent and loaned out and you, could, you can fund wars. You can do whatever you want with it if you have illegitimate players controlling your currency with ETH or with Bitcoin or something, we control it, right? Yeah. If we work yeah. together, I pay you. There's no one there like holding it. it. You know, maybe the fees go to the network. What else is there? It's beautiful. And that's a really scary thing because the one thing that the world has run on is in terms of um, financial prosperity or the direction of culture or anything is is what the banks want to do. Yes. So they, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing that people, I think, getting into crypto feel that culturally, they don't want to be a part of centralized banking. That's why they're in crypto. Man, that's going to be, that's, that's going to change how we do things in this world completely. Scary, because man. I, yeah, because I think about how this world, find, you know, we function off of debt, you know, yeah. off of owing each other money yeah. uh, through the banks. Um, and that's how these uh, these countries thrive as well, you know, especially mine, you know, in, in America. Uh, so this is very interesting. And you you know what? You also had me thinking, too. So I've secretly I don't tell too many people this, but I wanted to own a bank at some point, a, a local yep. bank. Uh, but if I'm thinking about longevity, maybe I may want to look into starting my own crypto bank. I mean, you, you could really start some sort of uh, protocol, some sort of lending protocol where you put in, you raise lots of money, you've got all this liquidity and you can loan that money out and people put their money in and, and you could work on something. And the more money that's put in, the better APY you could give out. Crypto banks of the future. I just spoke with our 
our um, our CTO about this, Lawrence Hudson from Travelocity. Do you remember Travelocity back in the day was a huge? Yeah. yeah so he, yeah, he's our CTO. Yeah, he's old school. He's a legend. He's he's like a PhD in um, computer science and and economics, and and he's our new CTO. You know, and he was one of the the OG guys of the e-commerce travel industry. And we were talking about this whole this whole subject just a couple of days ago about neo banks, right? The the banks that don't have like physical assets, they're all in the metaverse and things like that. That's where the money's going to be. If I'm in the metaverse and I'm playing games and all this stuff, and I want to pop over to the bank and, and swap a token, that's that's the next generation for banking. And uh, I don't think actually I think on the heels. I think um, my son's yeah. nine, so I think his generation and definitely my eight month old will. Uh, be definitely using that uh, absolutely often because uh, he has a um the facebook uh the the, the oculus rift yeah the oculus yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i feel like i'm getting old because i'm like i just bought that <laughs> thing and then now this stuff is like not in my uh vocabulary but it's definitely yeah. something he plays all the time now and um it's it's getting there because i popped it on my head a couple of times i'm like yeah i can see how somebody can get really immersed in this and yeah. uh completely forget about reality that's uh, a scary thing man I, I, honestly if if it, it will become like a drug and people will live in the i mean people already are living on the internet right and then they're getting catfished by other catfishes uh, with fake identities now imagine that's your world Maybe you're unhappy or you've got some other issues going on and then that's your new world to experience. But you've got a family out there that you might be neglecting when you put this headset on. That's a scary thing that I think will happen when people get so immersed in the metaverse where they they can't distort between what's real and what's not. Well, yeah, that's part of like how the Internet's kind of transitioned, right? We had like Web 1 where it was like, all right, we, oh, this Internet's really cool see some content in web two where you could kind of add and uh things started getting a little bit more advanced and you had like world of warcraft where yeah. there were people that were going to jail for neglecting their kids for some and getting married on world of warcraft so now imagine you have this uh metaverse so you have virtual reality where i could see you maybe even they'll i think there's already they're working on a glove where you can feel as Man. well and then now you're interacting in that way because uh, i did the virtual reality youtube where i could skydive and it, cool. it kind of feels like you're there you know so i could just imagine that evolving like you said yeah people just all their money is in this world as well their real estate their land because people buy i'm looking up here how much real estate costs in this you know in this not gonna say fake world that may be offensive to some people could be like it's real to me <laughs> it's real to me but uh this virtual yeah. reality uh but they're willing to spend twenty thousand you know, $20,000 worth of Ethereum on this Isn't that uh, wild? land. And I'm like, what? Well, uh, that's the, I mean, that's the thing now, this new web three is your kind of like your new identity. It's kind of like what face, uh, what, what, um, MySpace was, right. It was like the first yes. time we, we kind of were all cool, whether you're a goth or an emo or whatever you were, you could have your <laughs> MySpace and that was your internet identity. Like, Hey, I'm this emo. And I listen to this music and this is why I'm cool. And then Facebook made it professional, right? Mm -hmm. It was like your real thing. I remember my, my, my ex-girlfriend from many years ago had this Facebook and I was like, what is this thing? Why, why would you want to use that? MySpace is where it's at. And then that's the transition. And now I think MySpace, if I think about it as a company, has kind of, it's really peaked on what it can offer somebody. You know, I'm now using other apps so I don't have to use it. 
because I think the way the company ends up with Zuckerberg and his Zuckbucks for, for the metaverse, right? Have you heard about this? I haven't heard about his Zuckbucks. I didn't know he was going to. Uh... The whole controversy has been Zuckerberg is launching. Um, Zuckbucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, this, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a currency on the chain. I think it's some digital currency. The rumor is that it's going to be called Zuckbucks, I believe. But what's funny about it is that he believes that the NFTs that they're going to be selling or, you know, peer to peer NFT sales, they're going to get taxed like 47%. Come on, it's never going to happen, right? Yeah. So you can see that this big centralized entity, one of the biggest and the most powerful companies in the world is now peaking at what it can give people. It's trying to be edgy and cool and transition to web three. People aren't going to have it. It's over. Yeah. So I think with the dollar declining, I think Facebook will probably have its last decade. I don't know. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, he is. That's why I'm assuming he he changed his brand. He changed his brand for the meter. That's right. Yeah. So he that's did. why he's changed it. He's trying to he's trying to get into this whole blockchain industry. Yeah. He's a smart guy. Like yeah. He's not stupid. But I think that it's very hard for some of these centralized entities to transition to Web3. Like the banks can't do it. They don't get it. Oh, yeah. I don't see the banks doing that yeah, at you know? all. Yeah. They're there stuck. Are, there are some banks going after this. There are, there are also, there's also the brand and the cultural issue for a bank to transition to blockchain. So for example, if you've got a chain you want a bank to use to do transactions, the bank says, yes, cool, we'd like to use that. But what the bank is also subtly saying is that Bitcoin is good. Now, a bank can't really subtly market Bitcoin uh, and accept to use a chain for transactions. Those things don't go together. Your bank needs to either go all in on, on blockchain and all in on Bitcoin, but you can't kind of sit there. And 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 I've got some um, some some friends and colleagues who know some you know CEOs of really big banks, and they like don't want to touch blockchain. They don't want to market Bitcoin. They don't want anything to do with it. There are solutions out there to save them. It's never going to happen for them. That's very interesting, man. I've, I've really enjoyed uh, talking to you about this. Uh, like I said, it's still new to a lot of people. Totally. Um, I know because of what, thanks to Google, right? YouTube, your search engine, it always will pop up in your feed because this is just part of our life finance crypto, right? But to yeah. a lot of people, this is the last thing that would show up. Maybe the little advertise in the corner and then they just click yeah. it out because they think it, they think they are being, you know, about to get hacked or fished. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if that's still what people say. So uh, I always like to ask this of people, everybody, everybody that comes to the show, I always like to ask. What is your rich state of mind? What's your big why as to why you wanted to find a company, uh, make them uh, make them bigger, but also uh, the utility, you know, how they're utilized, uh, so flexible and helpful to people. I, it's, it's, it's a selfless approach that I think people will also appreciate and will feel that relationship. Um, because yeah. I, I believe that when it comes to building brands, when it comes to attracting customers, people look for that relationship now, not yeah. so much of a, like this off entity into the world. You almost is, you know, I almost think of you as like, a, a, you know, omnipotent entity out there that I never see. I just hear about a lot. I know you mean, you say you're going to do good for me. So yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just tell, I'm sorry, but yeah, just tell us. Your yeah, wife. no, I get it. <laughs> no, for sure. No, that's, a, that, that's a great question. So, so, so like, the motivation and the and the drive for me about doing this is because um you know i've seen what central banks historically have done and if you if you jump on research and you you know you go back to the kind of the the, 
the starting point of centralized banking, you'll understand a history and you could say a, a, a particular cult of people who run the world with the world's currency. So it doesn't matter that they're not in power. It just matters that they can control the currency. That's all it is. And when I understood that, my love for crypto you know, really accelerated. And as a company, what I'm really trying to do here in leading Hawk Finance is building trust in crypto, but also to give people something that they can use every single day, not be scared of crypto, not be you know prone to market volatility, and get them to kind of uh, start in crypto, get them to actually use these products, or at least wait till we build some of the ones that they can use. Because the next five and 10 years, you, you may be forced into it in a whole different way. But now you've got an opportunity, you know, um, to get in and start, um, I would say, supporting a company that's got this sort of, sort of trajectory. And, you know, myself personally, I never look at the token price of Hawk. Like we are affected by all sorts of market conditions and FUD and all sorts of stuff that goes on. And I, don't, I never look at it because I know what happens in the background. And I think it was Jeff Bezos that said more or less, you know, the, the stock price is not an indication of what's happening in the background. Amazon prices tanked and tanked and tanked at one point and all the other metrics were up. We are building 24-7. So just because you don't see a billboard of Hawk Finance in New York, you know, in Times Square, it doesn't mean that we've just, you know, taken a day off. Like yeah. someone is always doing something. So... Our approach is different to build for the future and incrementally grow as a company rather than go out there hype marketing. Now, I know of enormous blockchain companies that spend millions and millions of dollars per month and it almost does nothing for their trade volume or their market awareness. People are buying into brands. They're buying into the emotional touch. Yes. You have good customer service. Are you polite people? Are you cool? What can I do with you? Are you supporting me and what I want to do with crypto? And these companies out there are like, oh, we'll spend money on these billboards and other, other junk. And what happens? Their, their token price doesn't elevate. Their trade volume doesn't do much. So I'm, I'm here for the long term. And I want to say it's like a, like a, a, a leader for my, you know, or a voice for my company that you know, my heart is really, really in this to do something good for, for the next five and 10 years as all this money starts coming into crypto and we can change a lot of lives. Awesome, man. And uh, I really appreciate you, you guys' approach. It's one of the reasons why I definitely wanted to have you on the show because Thank you. I, that's what makes me a customer is yep. that relationship por portion, the brand. And I'm starting to see that shift as well. Are you cool, right? Can I trust you? <laughs> <laughs> We've got uh, a cool brand. You should check it out. Hawk.finance. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's very cool. It is, it is a cool brand. I do like the website. I think it's pretty easy to use. Um, you know, maybe if anything, I have like a... Uh, have like this investor glossary. So whenever I don't know a particular word from finance, I, I look through it. I have my son look through it as well. Yep. So if, if anybody, you know, feels like that, uh, hey, what's what's this farming thing? Because uh, there are some different terms that are being used uh, when it comes to uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, but I don't think it's nothing that's too complicated. For sure. As well, definitely, you know, pick up a book or see on the internet and you'll Get definitely, you know, what is that? You got Investo, Investopedia probably Investopedia. Has, the has the answer to whatever you, you're looking for. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, if, you, if you find any word, you could just Google it if there's anything there. We, we've tried to make it as, as simple as possible, but there are some newer terms that maybe if you've just gone into crypto, you might not get the first time. But then, you know, yield. Okay. That's interest, right? That's your, that's your interest rate that you get back. 
when you stake your tokens. So there's those sorts of things. Awesome, man. Well, Mark, I really appreciate you being on our show. I can't wait for this to publish. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anthony. Take care. Thank you for sticking with us from the start of the episode. Please share our show with friends and family, visit our YouTube channel, and view more of our content on richstateofmind.com. See you next week on the Rich State of Mind show.